Welcome to Faith Baptist Church, Great Village, where we believe in the truth of the gospel, building of community, and engaging in the mission of Christ. We hope you enjoy this week's message as our pastors share from God's Word. I'm excited to be here this morning. Are you excited? Whether you're here in the room or joining us online, I just think it's uh, it's just... Uh, I don't know. I just feel more excited lately. I don't think it's Christmas. It could be, but I don't think it is. I just uh, I think uh, I think we're 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 learning a lot in these days. I think we're learning how to to uh, to live in difficult times because these days can be can be difficult. But God is teaching us so much, you know. And um, they say that we never actually forget anything. We just lose our ability to recall it. And I'm sure uh, that you've had the experience, especially if you're starting to get a little older. You know, you, you, you try to remember something, and as hard as you try, you just can't. It gets pretty funny at our, at our house. Um, it just won't come to you. And then, and then sometime later, out of nowhere, quite often it might be during the middle of the night, you'll go and you'll blurt out the, the thing you were trying to remember. And the other person's like, what are you talking about? And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it just kind of pops into your mind. But it was there the whole time. You just couldn't retrieve it. Uh, and they say that with most forms of memory loss uh, that often is associated with age, it's the short-term memory that goes first. Uh, people who are able to remember things that happened many, many, many years ago can't remember if they took their pills this morning. Kind of reminds me of a story I heard a while back about these three, three sisters. They were getting up in years. Uh, one of them was 96, and the, uh, another was 94, and the third sister was 92, and they were all living together. Their husbands were long gone. Hey, it happens, right? So this particular day, the, the 96-year-old uh, sister says, I think I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to run a bath. So she goes upstairs. Pretty good when you can go upstairs when you're 96, but she did it. She went upstairs and she ran the bath and then she put, put one foot in and then she stopped and she said, was I getting into the bath or getting out of the bath? And the 94-year-old downstairs, she said, I don't know, just a minute, I'll come up and help. She started up the stairs and she stopped she said, was I going upstairs or coming down the stairs? True story. And the youngest sister, she's only 92, she's sitting at the kitchen table and she says, my soul. She said, I'm so glad uh, my, my memory is not that bad. Knock on wood. She said, I'll be up to help both of you in just a moment as soon as I check and see who's at the door. I was actually tempted to put names, uh, Florence, Sandra, and Glenda, I was going to put in there. But. Short-term memory, short-term memory is the first to go, and it's a fact, and you know, that makes it even all the more important what we learn when we're young. Think about it. Like scripture memory, for example. I know some of you here who learned scripture many, many, many years ago, and you can still recall those words. You can even quote them. 
And uh, you could never remember them now. If you tried to learn, memorize scripture, uh, once you're over 40, it all starts going downhill. 40 is the mark, you know. And it might, it might be a slow descent, but, but that's when it all starts to go. And, um, you know, uh, here, look, at, look at this passage, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth. The book of Ecclesiastes was written to young people. Did you know that? And all of its admonitions are directed towards uh, those, especially those that are young. It's not that somebody like me can't apply it to my life. I certainly can. But uh, remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. This uh, series that we're calling simply Remember is one in which we are attempting to explore the importance of remembering as it is set out in Scripture. So look at a couple more, just a, a couple more uh, passages, because there are new, you know, numbers of passages that talk about how important it is to remember. Uh, Isaiah 46, verse 9, says, Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. We need to remember that. Psalm 77, verse 11 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. So we see here something that's really obvious, but we do need to be reminded of, and that is that remembering is critical to learning, learning life lessons. Uh, we learned in our previous series how important listening is to uh, uh, learning and uh, how, and how l learning to listen makes us wise. Listening to learn makes us wise. But remembering is a very, very important part of that. Um, the wisdom literature again says uh, that it's the fool that, that doesn't learn. And remembering is a critical part of learning. Uh, only, uh, 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 only fools make the same mistakes over and over and over again. You probably are all familiar with that quote that's usually attributed to Albert Einstein, but I checked and I couldn't find There's no documentation on it. Uh, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah. Some of my favorite passages when it comes to this topic are in Deuteronomy. And if you've read and studied the book of Deuteronomy at all, you might be familiar with some of these passages. Here's one from Deuteronomy chapter 6. We are going to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 this morning, but I just wanted to set, set that up for us. Deuteronomy 6, verses 10 through 12 says, And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. How important it is to remember but one of the really interesting things about all of this is that we find when we look at these passages that Scripture calls us uh, to remember things that we weren't even there for. 
How does that uh, work? This past Thursday was Remembrance Day, and uh, Remembrance Day inspires me to remember, uh, among other things, uh, my dad. And I did, uh, the, when I did my check-in this past Thursday, I made mention to my dad serving overseas during the Second World War with the North Nova, Scotia Highlanders. And um, yeah, that's, uh, that's my dad there that you see. And uh, uh, my dad was up uh, in his 40s when I was born. Um, so when I was in my teen years, he had become quite reflective and I think enough time had passed between the war and the 1960s when I was a kid um, that he was able to talk some about it. And I, uh, I remember, I remember sitting in the kitchen, just the two of us, uh, late in the evening on uh, more than one occasion, and I would ask my, my dad questions about his experiences overseas during wartime, and he would tell me things about that. And, of course, uh, there were always some things that he didn't talk about, um, which is understandable, and there were times when he would suddenly just kind of go quiet. But he shared with me many of those, those things that happened to him. I treasure those memories. But those memories are not memories of my personal experiences as much as they are memories of my dad sharing his personal experiences with me. Now think for a moment about the disciples of Jesus. We observed the Lord's table earlier and and you probably are aware that the Lord instituted, the Lord Jesus instituted the Lord's table uh, the last night he spent with his disciples in the upper room. And this statement from John 14, 26, I'm going to get Jonah to, to put up for us. This statement uh, is a statement that Jesus made to the disciples in the upper room that, uh, that same night. Uh, he said, but the helper... Uh, the Holy Spirit, um, the term helper there is paraclete. It's, you may have counselor or comforter or, or, or something like that in your translation, but um, beautiful, beautiful Greek word there. Uh, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. The importance of remembering. Now, Jesus, in this passage, uh, promises his disciples um, that the one who would come, the Holy Spirit, um, would help them to remember the things that he said and did. But what about us? Um, we weren't there in, in the upper room. I see Ethel's with us this morning. Ethel's pretty old. But I'm pretty sure she wasn't in the upper room. Were you, were, were you Ethel? Were you in the upper room with Jesus the night this happened? In your heart you were, I know. <laughs> Ethel's one of our oldest members. And that's just nothing. That's a good thing. 
That's a good thing. And uh, you would never know it uh, to watch her, how quick she is and how uh, uh, young she... Pardon? (laughs) No, I know what I can get away with. (laughs) Most of the time. We weren't there, you know, uh, and, and so, you know, I, I think the disciples uh, were, were not writing a lot of stuff down when they were traveling around the Judean countryside. What do you think? Do you think that they uh, were doing a lot of journaling in those days? I, I don't think so. I think they were so focused on the present and so excited about all that was happening that the thought even of having to remember or forgetting, or not being able to remember, just I doubt it ever crossed their minds. For one thing, they were young. I mean, you're young, you think you're going to remember everything. And, um, but it was all so exciting, it was so fresh, it was so new, and it was so, so um, I- I- important. But then afterwards, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, and the ascension of Jesus to the Father, and the beginning of the mission, the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and, and things were just going, happening at such a, a, a rate, and, uh, uh, and they were ha- having those opportunities to, to tell and to retell those stories and those sayings of Jesus over and over again. Uh, I don't think they wrote a whole lot down. We don't have anything that they wrote during those days. And I think that uh, a big part of the reason for it is they just, they just didn't see a need for it. But then something happened. Um, they started to get old. <laughs> and I think maybe, you know, uh, it took quite a few years. The, the Gospel of Mark is, is, the, is uh, uh, we understand that it was written before Matthew, Luke, and John were written. That those Gospel accounts were written after. So Mark's, Mark's account, which he, we understand he got from Peter, was one of the, it was the first of the gospel accounts of the life, uh, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And Mark's uh, gospel was written at least 20 years after the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And so, uh, but, but we get some insight. Take, check, check this out, 2 Peter 1, verses 12 through 15. This is Peter writing. And he says there in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. So he says, I, 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 I intend always to remind you. All right? And verse 13 says, I think it is right as long as I am in this body. Ah, okay, so Peter's doing some serious thinking about his, his age or whatever, to stir, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will, in verse 15, and I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. So we see in these things that remembering is not only vitally important, but it's not just what we remember that we have experienced personally, it is also remembering what we have learned. 
Now think about this just for a moment. What if you had to learn everything by personal experience? What kind of a life would you have if you had to learn everything by personal experience? It would mean you would learn nothing from those who have gone before you. That would be a problem, I think. And I think most of us realize that that would not be a good situation. I know the frustration of the parent, right? You tell your child something and they just insist on learning it the hard way. I I get it. It's in us, right? But hopefully, hopefully we can gain enough maturity to realize that there are other ways to learn. We don't have to make all the mistakes ourselves that we can learn from others, that we can be taught. Hopefully, hopefully we can be taught. Check out this passage, and then we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Timothy 1, verses 3 through 5, Paul writing to young Timothy, or younger Timothy, he says, I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Do you see that? I remember you in my prayers. Verse 4, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. So not only are these terms, remember and remind, uh, occurring there in this short passage over and over again, but it's also an amazing example of, of how it works in our lives when we learn from others. And here in this passage, what Timothy learned from his mom and from his grandma. Today, we've been thinking about the Lord's table and the events that took place in the upper room that last night Jesus spent with his disciples before going to the cross, and the words that he shared with them. And the most obvious fact here is that you and I weren't there. So we are being called to remember something that we weren't even there for. How does that work? We remember what we have been taught. Or, in Paul's words, we remember what... uh, was delivered to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I delivered them to you. Um, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we see there a learning pattern. There's a passing along of these things. He talks about maintaining the traditions even as I delivered them to you. Uh, Traditions there is in the sense of teachings. The teachings of Paul that he got from Jesus. Not all traditions are inherently good, but traditions that are founded firmly on uh, the solid teaching of Scripture uh, are, are always good for sure. So... Uh, this is what we're going, what's going on in the text here that we're looking at. This is what's going on. Paul is saying, I, I delivered these things to you. And um, 
just before we jump down to verse uh, the verses that Josh read earlier, I wanted I just wanted to make one more point before we get into that passage, and that is this: that um, we are called to remember the great things God has said and done, and we are called to remember things we weren't even there for by remembering the things we have been taught. But the third point before we get right into that text is this, that we are, that we are called to remember these things by acting on them. The call to remember is a call to action. Scripture uses the term remember that way. It, it doesn't just simply mean to reflect on something. To remember in Scripture includes to act in accordance with the truths that we remember. It's part of the way the, the commands are set out in Scripture. So, for example, there's all kinds of examples of this, but just quickly, back in Deuteronomy chapter 8, um, verses 1 and 2, it says, The whole commandment that I command you today you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply, and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers, and you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. To remember is to remember to do. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 through 14 says, Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. You see that there? To remember is to, in Scripture, is to remember to do. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and your gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart is lift, be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And there are a gazillion other examples from Scripture that we could point to. We are to remember the unfortunate. What does that mean? What does it mean to remember uh, the, the, or let's say, the less fortunate? Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it says, that All these things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul, writing in Galatians chapter 1, said in reference to the apostles and elders at Jerusalem that they only asked that we would remember the poor. Remember the poor. What's that mean? Does it mean to think, oh, those poor people. I remember them. And of course, it doesn't mean that, does it? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3 says, Remember those who are in prison, as though in, in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you are also in the body. So we see that remembering has the idea of empathy, it has the idea of identifying, but it has, includes this call to action. Whether that action is prayer, whether it is serving, or whether it's some other form of engagement. Remembering in Scripture always carries with it a responsibility to take action somehow. We are to remember the things that God has said and done. We are to remember the things we have learned and been taught. And we are to remember in our, to live our lives in accordance with these things. 
It's a really big deal, God's call to remembrance. It's not simply recalling past events. It's not simply being reminded of things that we've learned, that we know. It's a call to action. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 17 through 34. Are you there? 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 17 and following. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but in the following instructions, I do not commend you. If you will recall back in verse 2, Paul commended them for following the teachings that they were following that he had delivered to them. But in verse 17, he says, but in the following instructions, I do not commend you because... And here is this explanation as to why he couldn't commend them. Because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. You know, we like to think we're better together. And we can be better together, but we are not automatically better together. We're only better together when we are intentional and thoughtful and considerate. And if we're not, then we're worse together. Verse 18, for in the first place, when you come together as a church... I hear there are divisions among you, and I believe it in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. Interesting. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes uh, hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. Verse 23, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup saying after supper, saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. In remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Verse 27, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. What does it mean to eat the bread or drink the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner? Well, he's already said that. It's what he has just described. And now he's going to describe, uh, you know, he's just described uh, just after that, in verses 23 through 26, um, uh, why it's an, it's an unworthy manner. Um, let a person examine himself. Josh talked about that a moment ago, verse 28. Then and so let him eat the bread, drink the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. There are consequences to our actions. That is why many of you were, are weak and ill and some have died, but if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But if we, judged, we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the word, world. And then the last two verses there, verse 33 and 34, says, So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, 
See what he's doing here? What does, what does, it, what does it mean to, to uh, observe the Lord's table in an unworthy manner? Well, he says, for starters, wait for one another. That's a good starting point. Wait for one another. Be considerate of one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that you will not come together for, uh, when you come together, it will not be for judgment. About the other things, I will give directions when I come. I like to think of this whole passage um, over and over again because it's just so full of, of such important truths. It seems to me that, you know, the, the obvious thing here about the bread and the cup is that they are memory aids. Why would Jesus do that that way? It's simple, really. It's to help us remember. Remember something that we weren't even there for, but which has been delivered to us. And when we take that bread and that cup, it's, it's a tangible way to, for us to remember the body that was given, broken, the blood that was shed for us. Uh, one of the most curious things about the passage, and I find it very interesting when, when Paul says in verse 20, he says, did you notice it? It's verse 20, this is not the Lord's table that you eat. What's he saying? Well, he explains himself in verse 21. When you do the things you are doing, showing no consideration for one another, just living just for yourself, that's the exact opposite of what Jesus said and what he did. And you're doing that in the context of remembering the giving of his life for us? That's not the Lord's table. That's the exact opposite of the Lord's table. Remember the Philippians passage that we looked at last month? Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only on your own interests, but also on the interests of others. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, humbling himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Paul says the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And he broke it and he said, this is my body which is for you. This is my life I'm giving to you. This is my life I'm laying down for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember how that passage in Philippians corresponds with the episode of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. He says, I have done this as an example for you that you should do as I have done. And that was the beginning of the, the meal where he instituted the Lord's table. This is my body given for you, my blood shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So here's the point so that we, we make sure that we, we, we get a hold of this, I hope. We are to remember 
but we are to remember two. We are to remember to be humble. We are to remember to clothe ourselves in humility one to another. We are to remember to not only look on our own interests, but also look out for the interests of others. We are to remember to treat one another better than ourselves. We are to remember to outdo each other in showing honor to one another. We are remember, to remember to serve one another in love. We are re, to remember to speak the truth in love. We are to remember to love one another earnestly with sincere hearts as brothers and sisters. We are to remember to be kind. We are to remember to be gentle. We are to remember to be long-suffering. We are remember to bear one another's burdens. We are to remember to rejoice always. We are to remember to always give thanks in all situations. We are remember, we are to remember to crucify, to put to death the lust of the flesh and the affections thereof. We are to remember to confess our faults to one another and to pray for one another. We are to remember to, pl- to pray for kings and those in authority. We are to remember to live at peace with all men. And we could go on and on because Jesus' life and teaching and example is so rich for us. And he is our example in all these things. We are not only to remember, we are to remember too. I mentioned uh, earlier about my, uh, my dad and some of the talks that we got to have. It's been um, 31 years since, he's, since he went home to heaven. And time goes by so fast. It just amazes me when I say that. But Of course, that means I'm getting old, right? I remember those talks, and uh, I remember well another day. I was 19, and I was eligible to vote for the first time. And I remember this day because it was election day. And I remember coming home this evening... And as he often was, my dad was alone, alone in the kitchen. I'm not sure where my mom was, but she was probably reading somewhere. He was probably playing his accordion or something. But I can remember he, he, this particular day, he, he said, did you vote? I didn't really see the need to vote. Didn't really see why it would, how it would make much difference, to be honest. I was 19 years old. Why did I know? So I told him. And I remember the look in his eyes.
And I'm pretty sure I have not failed. Um, to exercise that right or responsibility since. And the point this morning that I want to impress upon you is simply this. To remember is critical. Not just the things we've experienced, but the things we've learned including the things that we've learned from others, including the things that have been delivered unto us. That which we have received and for that which we should be infinitely grateful. But remembering is remembering too. It's a call to action. And I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would. This is a three-week series on the theme of remembering. And Josh is going to be sharing with us the next two weeks. I'm looking forward to that. Because it's so important. But we tend to be forgetful creatures. It's amazing how fast we can forget something. We need to be intentional about it. We really, really do. And uh, one of the things that we are to remember is we are to remember to pray. So I want for us to do that right now and to pray and ask God to help us with this. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for this great group of people. I thank you, Lord, for all that you uh, have allowed uh, each one of us to experience in our lives. Your many, many blessings, Lord. Lord, I thank you as well. We thank you for all that you have taught us and for that which we have received from others, that which has been delivered unto us. I think of Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 15, for I delivered unto you the gospel, how Jesus was crucified and risen. I thank you, Lord, that you have delivered unto us the good news of those events. But Lord, help us to, to recognize that it's not enough simply just to think about and reflect on these things. Lord, we need your help because we are forgetful. And we are prone to inaction. We suffer with apathy and we get complacent and forgetful in our lives. So, Lord, we need your help. Lord, you promised the, this, your first disciples, those apostles, that you would uh, give them the Holy Spirit and that, that he would help them to remember. And, Lord, I thank you that your word says that all those of us today who trust in you and commit our lives to you and receive the salvation that you have for us, we have uh, that promise as well, that you live in us and that you can bring to remembrance the things that we have learned, the things that we have heard. 
especially those things from your word, Lord. And so we come to you this morning as a church family, and we ask, Lord, that you would give us um, that ability, Lord, that you would, by your spirit, enable us to remember the things that we need to remember, and then not just to reflect on them and to, 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 to know what you said, but, Lord, to remember to do according to all that you want for our lives. And our Lord, I know we'll be blessed, hugely blessed when we do that. But we pray as well, Lord, that you would be honored in it and that we would be a, a testimony as a church family, that we would bring glory to your name in these things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.